Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Before we hop into the Bitcoin Podcast, as regularly programmed, um, I wanted to take the time to uh, give special recognition to Cello. Um, we've decided to part ways um, because there's been disagreements for a very long time about the direction of the Bitcoin Podcast Network and how we grow and how we continue to provide this content to you guys that listen week in and week out and get better at it. And um, what mostly what I want to do is say, Cello, we we thank you very much for everything that you've done. There's no way, no way in hell we'd be even remotely as close to where we are now without your skills, man, without your help and without your foresight and everything you've done for the show. Um, you're, you're always a friend to the podcast network and we hope that you continue to hang around and uh, hang out with all of everyone in the Slack and chime in from time to time. Uh, but we just want to thank you for everything that you've done and we wouldn't be here without you. So, uh, I wanted to give that very special recognition to my close friend and been my partner for a very long time and, um, to, to not be that sad, uh, we're going to dive right into the show now. All right. Here it is. Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Bitcoin Podcast. Uh, I'm host number one, D. Why do you get to be number one? Well, I mean, we'd obviously just shift it over. I mean, we'd I'll shuffle it. it. <laughs> show, you want to you want to rock paper scissors right now, live on air to see, live see, on air to see who, who's, who's number one? I, I, All right, can I both be it. number one? <laughs> let's. let's we, okay, here we go. Here we go. Welcome, everybody, to the, another episode of the Bitcoin Podcast. This is episode 269. Uh, I am your co-host, D. And I am the other co-host, Corey. We'll figure that out. And, we'll make that And better. we are the hosts of the Bitcoin Podcast. Yeah, so uh, uh, big development so here. Um, yeah, you go we've for had, it. I'd say we've had a major disagreement on how to grow and maintain um, the podcast for a while now. And Cello has decided to step away and and leave. That doesn't mean he's leaving the community or anything like that, but he won't be your regular co-host or host number one from here on out. So we wish him the best of luck in whatever he ends up doing and hope he sticks around in the community from here on out. So from now on, me and D, 
running the Bitcoin podcast. Everything else stays the same. That's yeah. About, that's about that. If you slide into our DM and ask us what happened, we won't tell you because it's none of your business. Uh, <laughs> but we'll be moving forward. The irony, Corey, is that our original intro music that said just two guys. I mean, I guess we could bring it back. Like now, <laughs> we could put it back at the top. No, because it's only a matter of time before me and you have major disagreements, and you walk away, and I own this whole shebang. <laughs> Is that your long play? Yeah, it's, uh, a you long, it's, it's a long con. So, so you're you're doing the Birdman? <laughs> be like, yes, phase one is complete. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's dive into some crypto content because that's why you guys are here, right? Um, right now, the two kings of the castle, right? This were Game of Thrones, I guess. I don't know. Uh, you've got Bitcoin in one castle, and you've got Ether in the other. Currently, Bitcoin is like Great Britain over all of the tiny island and ether is like what was homie with the face paint with the scotland no braveheart yeah scotland okay that was scott yeah it was scotland and uh ether is second in command uh maybe not market cap wise but obviously sentiment wise so we wanted to have a good old-fashioned Bitcoin podcast conversation like Grandma used to make about proof of work versus proof of stake. All right, it should be set out ahead of time that the way currently things work, they're both proof of work systems, meaning they're yeah. both secured by computers playing a uh, the equivalent of what would be a very large Sudoku puzzle at the chance to add the next block to the end of the blockchain. So Ethereum is working on moving, transitioning towards F2.0, which is a proof of stake system. And there's two fundamental, they're, they're, these things are fundamentally different in my opinion. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. Um, how, which one do you think is better, man? That's the thing is I don't think there is a better. Proof they're, of work makes me feel good. When I Why? sleep at night. Why? Because it's just so awesome. Okay. And and that's where my explanation stops. No, it's like because one, I get it a little bit more than I get proof of stake. And two, I can see it as easier to be malleable with the in and outs of people competing to prove their work than the in and outs of people competing to prove their stake. I feel like it's just, yeah, okay, you've got a cave full of miners. You're definitely proving your work. Um, oh, you can't afford to have that cave anymore? Well, somebody else in New Zealand can now, and they're going to hop right in. And okay. they've been waiting for you to turn your miners off so they could turn theirs on. Well, and I, say, as like a, I think most people don't quite get about all of these systems is that the staking part, I mean, they're, they're, both, they're both staking systems and, and proof mm-hmm. of work. You're staking you a certain something. amount of energy and capital up front at the chance to Make add profit. a block, right? Yeah. Proof of stake, you're, you're staking some amount of value internally to the system, usually the coin of that system. You're locking it up to then become a participant in the, validate, in the validator set. However, that proof, and then once again, not all of these systems are the same. Proof of work has its variance. And proof of stake has its variance. 
So they're all kind of, there's an ambiguity here, but the main difference is that proof of work typically means you're putting an external resource up front. And that's usually in the form of uh, your energy bill and the machines that turn that energy into hashing power. And proof mm-hmm. of stake, you're putting, you're, you're putting all of your money into an internal resource of the system, namely the, the coin of that, of, that, of, that, of that network. That's basically it. That's basically the two differences, the main differences between the two things. Then you just, it's a, it's a difference of a validator set and then what happens if you're proven to be like a, a misbehavior. And so yeah, what that is, what that is, is it's a, it's a Sybil system. It's a, it makes, it makes your system Sybil resistant. And what that means is that you can't just spin up a bunch of fake people and pretend to vote to try and sway a vote. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause that's all a voting. I'm system. glad that we're clearing that up because there's people listening that don't know what that means. And I hear it thrown around crypto all the time. Is it Sybil proof or, you know, can it withstand a Sybil attack? But that's what Sybil means for those of you that don't know is that, can it withstand like me basically uh what's that guy's name uh that oh. just got arrested for uh WikiLeaks? oh uh grange right what's it grange how did i just forget assange assange, assange. Yeah. assange. <laughs> assange. He, uh, <laughs> his name not al assange but his last name is assange and he Fred basically sibled the internet he would make a bunch of fake people to make his news items go viral now it's i'm not now, before y'all guys get all tight in your panties, all right, before you get all tight in your panties, I'm not going to say his news was valid or invalid. This is the top that conversation. But he would make fake accounts, hundreds, sometimes thousands, to help with the, vi- the viral nature of the things that he was reporting on. I think that's a bad way to so, phrase that. Like, if you're going to is that not a simple attack and making fake? No, uh, kind of, but it's that's more for like spreading content. This is we're talking about voting. Like distributed consensus is a is a group of people agreeing on something. Yeah. And so, or how machines. can you be sure? Or more machines, a group of things that need to agree on something, some piece of information. And so, what you want to make sure is that people can't just like one person can't say, "Well, I'm actually going to make." Uh, 1200 things to sway my per one my own personal vote against everyone else how do you do that they have to have stake in the game they need to they need to put a resource up front yeah. that they don't want to lose because then each one of those things they got to pay for yeah and so and so the weight the distribution of, of of voting power ends up becoming how much value you're willing to put into the system how much value you're willing to, to potentially lose or waste mm. in order to have that vote and then and then the question between proof of work proof of stake is do i do it do i do it with an external resource namely energy or do i do it with an internal resource and there's consequences power. to that or not computation power but that's like well the the, the resource is not computation for proof of stake if proof if proof of work and proof of stake were women, which one would you lay with? All of them. Both of them at the same time. Oh, so you're in a menage to all situation well, too. So, I got. I, I got. I don't know what I. I don't. Right now, proof of stake has some of its variants are being used, but they have severe limitations. So what you're saying is that your consensus algorithm. Uh, I'm a connoisseur. Uh, there's of there's a spectrum. 
there's a spectrum. Sometimes you swing proof of work. Sometimes you you swing proof of stake. But there's a spectrum. So then that goes to my next question. It's something that I thought about for a very long time is why can't these things coexist? Like, why can't you have a proof of work system and then a proof of stake system built on top of it? Or why can't you have uh, a proof of stake system? Well, like I just said, like, why can't you have proof of work, like some sort of different consensus algorithm that's a little bit harder and a little bit more immovable, not so abstract, and then build proof of stake on top of it? I'm sure you could, but no one's done that. And I think that was the original that was the original construction of uh, Casper. But the proof of stake, there's going to be a transitionary period of Ethereum, or at least they thought they tried to figure out how to do that, where they moved proof of work into proof of stake, like uh, slowly. So you had two systems that worked together that would eventually try, like move into just a proof of stake system. Because what a, what a lot of people don't like about proof of work, or like one of its main, um, I guess, criticisms is that um, the lying. energy being put into all the hashing that is like that that's arbitrarily um, like the, it's an arbitrary amount of computation depending on how many people are trying to do it uh, is basically what some people say is wasted. It's not doing useful work. I would argue that it is, but what the what's important to note is that the all that work, all that energy being put into it, isn't used anything but solving that puzzle which has nothing to do with validating transactions and making sure people aren't double spending i thought that's the whole thing it is for is to make sure people aren't double spending absolutely not it is only used as a proof that you're you've done a certain amount of work yeah but that how are we going backwards so, so that way when when you do submit the block that has all valid transactions in it and everyone checks it. You have a stronger guarantee that that person didn't, didn't do anything wrong because if they do say, for instance, I'm, I, I'm an idiot and I do all of this proof of work. I put all this computation up front and I solve the proof of work puzzle. And then I submit my, I submit the block for everyone to check and something's wrong, it gets rejected, which means that all of the work that I did to solve that puzzle gets thrown away. It's wasted. Yeah, it's a waste. So, but like all that that work has nothing to do with the validation. Everyone's doing that. The original bullet point of Bitcoin was it solved the double spending problem. Yeah, why, why does it do that? It's because you can trust that someone who puts that work up front, who spends that money, that, that upfront stake, isn't going to break the rules. So that's your civil resistance. And then when they when they do the when they solve the puzzle, they submit it to the network, network checks it, and they add it to their block. And so what the actual consensus rule is for anyone in the entire network is I'm adding to the longest chain. Because at some, at any given point there may be two or three chains depending on who submitted blocks. I'm only going to add to the longest one. That's the golden rule. And what you can be sure of is that all of the blocks before that have put in work to submit those things, which could be checked. You can all val- ver- val- like validate and verify that everything was done correctly. But the cost, the cost associated with not putting on the longest chain is kind of what prevents people from not putting, or sorry, yeah, from putting on these shorter change, chains. 
What do you and mean? that's kind of like what validates the whole thing, right? And that what makes it keep going is that like, oh, if I spend all this money providing a block, I'm not going to put the block on a shorter chain with no because no one's gonna no one's gonna like the the golden rule is no one's gonna build on that if it's shorter so what what you have to do in order to cheat the system if you if you will is mine multiple blocks in a row so that you can make the adjustment you want and submit them all at the same time which is more work than is capable of being done based on the available resources yeah and proof of work that's that's how it all works so some would argue that if you can do if you can have the same outcome, if you can have a distributed amount of people who are in it for themselves agree on the same piece of information and you can throw away all that all that work and proof of work because it has nothing to do with validation and double spending, it's only a stake, mm-hmm. then why not do it? Because the, the amount of energy being pumped into Bitcoin is, you know, larger than a lot of countries' output. Now, yeah, but it's smaller than them. That, so that's the nice that's the nice part about it. Because it's so big, you have a much stronger security guarantee that people aren't going to do it. Because it's it's basically impossible. You'd need incredibly large uh state level actors to somehow amass a large amount of the very specific hardware used to do this in order to do it. And that's just it's just probably economically I mean, not going to happen. On the one side of the camp, I see where all not. I don't. We need to think of a different. What's a different term for altcoin? Let's because that's stupid as hell. So what do we? What do we call them? The not bitcoins. I don't know. It's it's not proof of work. Right? Well, I mean, some of them are. Some of them are. Okay, right. so here we go. Here we go. Let's let's say um, non proof of work, non Bitcoin esque proof of work tokens. I like their argument that the energy is a waste, and if we can solve the problem, why not solve it now? where I think the whole community kind of gets lost into this black hole is you can't always just solve a problem with an off switch. You got to kind of build your way there and make what's working better as you do. And in my opinion, proof of work isn't really going anywhere. It's not like Bitcoin is going to just disappear overnight. And obviously the collective consciousness doesn't give a shit about the energy waste because it's only growing like, 10% 10% every quarter, every year. It's getting pretty big. So why not use this as a moment in time to say, okay, and by the way, most of that is excess energy that they're buying, but why not use that as a point in time to develop better renewable energy? That's that the usual argument have. is that eventually like, okay, so like, I, I should step back and say like, we should talk about how you turn energy into hash power, right? Okay. Um, currently, when it started off, it was one CPU, one vote. Satoshi had the idea that everyone would have a would basically have a vote equal to their computer. But everyone has computers, so you have like a massive distribution of votes. Based but not on everyone people. has computers. What? Not everyone has computers. They had the smartphones, but it not everyone. It doesn't matter. Like the, the idea was one CPU, one vote. It was commoditized hardware. Everyone has the same basically ava- like availability or accessibility to. Uh, contributing to the to the network, mining pools didn't exist, and you could run these things on a CPU. Then they decided they found out that you can actually run this algorithm, the hashing algorithm, to solve this problem much more efficiently. And by efficiently, I mean turn the same or less amount of wattage 
or kilowatt hours, joules, whatever unit you want to use for energy, into a number of shots you feed these six per second, right? Mm-hmm. You want to you want to say I want this much hash power or more hash power for less energy. So like that translation of energy into hashes per second has some efficiency. And so they found out you can do it much, much better. You can, I can have way more hashes for the same or less amount of energy using GPUs. And so people started developing software to maximize the amount of GPUs and that became popular. And then they realized that, oh, we can actually make specific pieces of hardware. We call them ASICs now, um, application specific integrated circuit, that's what that stands for, which mm. basically maximizes the at this point, it probably does maximize it. The energy translation into hash into number of hashes. And only a few companies are able to produce these things. Right, right. And there's only a certain amount of limited distribution and access to these things. And that what that does now, is it basically I makes all of the computation that we have as like normal commoditized hardware that everyone has access to is worthless in terms of contributing to this vote or putting weight in to say to, to 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 mine bitcoin that's in my opinion a problem that will eventually spread out um but also because it's this like economic game we have a tremendous amount of energy going into this with whoever has these computers and eventually what you can do is make the energy source where you're getting that energy from also more efficient and renewable. Right now, it mostly comes from coal. That's a problem. Or Do you think that like humanity ever evolves to a point to where every household has a server room? No, absolutely not. Two absolutely tiny not. servers. Well, maybe. It depends so. on what you consider. Like if, if, if we move to an incredibly decentralized world where application and you own your own data, yeah, you'll have some piece of hardware in your house that acts as your like agent or, or client yeah. where that holds all of your information interacts with the various networks to do various things. Or, I grew up with a server in my house. Yeah. You're, you're, that's not normal. I know it's not normal, but do you have a, should I say that? Or is that like a security breach? No, I have a bunch of servers. Corey has servers in his house. I feel like as, I feel like weird things are coming together that are going to put it humanity to a point where it understands like, yeah, okay, I need I need a server room. And yeah, that's gonna but be- is this homeboy in you know rural Africa who just got a cell phone going to have a server? No. Well, as it becomes cheaper, it depends on what our, depends on what our, the, our capability of our phones are and the reliability of our internet connection. You know, it's a funny story. I just read an article the other day that people are creating server farms out of old cell phones. Like they will basically hook up hundreds and hundreds of cell phones and racks in their house. And all these cell phones are doing are random stuff that you would need to quote unquote, I I guess I shouldn't say civil attack, but like they're calling things for competitions to increase their odds to get income on competitions. They're I mean, they're they're doing all kinds of shit with these phones, like just at ridiculous amounts. Not a normal thing. It's not. It's not a normal thing. But I'm saying it's like as things get cheaper, weird shit like that becomes easier to do. And if it ever becomes a need that, like, okay, yeah, we need to have 
if not a server, a dedicated room that runs hardware that gets hot in order for our lives to be supported. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking Greens of Dranger, but I could see on a blue, sh like, uh, what do you call it? The architectural designs of a home. It's not going to need that much. I mean, if you do things correctly, then you're only worried about... Right now, like, those things get big and hot because millions and millions of people are like it has to it has to serve multiple people for multiple reasons so mm -hmm. all that data and, and and use is being pushed into a central place servers are a centralized i i i think mm -hmm. and so if in, in a decentralized context it's not doing that much work it's doing the work of all of the people that use it which should be one or two people or whatever and then talking to a net and negotiating with a network mm. Jeez, it's like a totally different. Well, we've said this before. We've always known that it's just a, such a different way of thinking and interacting with data and information that it's almost there's just so many parties paying for the first way you said it right, and and have reputable businesses of running these servers and the central data that how in the hell is it even remotely possible to become decentralized? Like they're going to lobby as hard as they possibly can to keep well, their position. Central, centralization isn't inherently bad. It's just different. No, it's not. It has its, it's, it its trade-offs. Just like with proof of stake and proof of work. They're like, not one is the winner of all things. They're, they're different. So like, for instance, like with proof of stake, because you're using an internal resource that's staked on the blockchain or in that network, if you're shown to be like um, doing bad things within the network, like people can prove that you're trying to double spend or, or withhold stuff, then your money can be taken from you. It can be slashed. So you, there's there's inci there's incentives and disincentives to behave correctly with a proof of stake system. You cannot do that with a proof of work system. There are only incentives. Because you can't take someone's energy away from them within within the network because it's an external resource. That makes it a lot more cleaner, though. Well, it's, it's also you, only have... you can also port it somewhere else. So, like, I can take the energy and within you know varying efficiency instead of applying it to the Bitcoin network. If I'm trying to mine there, I can take it and mine on on Bcash. You cannot do that with a proof of stake system because the source of the stake is external to the system for proof of work. You locked in, bro. So there's, that's, in. that's a trade-off. I'm not going to say whether that's good or bad. It's just different. So depending on the network you're trying to make, you have different consequences. Mm. And now for the question of the hour, everyone wants to know anyways. What is better? No, I'm kidding. That's a tough question. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have a good answer to that. Like I, I lean towards proof of stake systems because I think there's a potential that they'll be able to provide the same type of security guarantees that proof of work can without a group of people needlessly running SHA-256. It's a lot of work. It's a tremendous amount of work that actually does nothing other than provide some economic guarantees that people can't do the same thing. Yeah. Than like for back validation and double spending. You can do the same thing on a network, then you're gonna have a better, more robust, more efficient ecosystem. Yeah. But I, we don't I know if it can. We don't know if it's gonna work. And so well, it's hard to say like it's better. 
I feel like we should be interviewed at this point. Every time I get like in public and I'm asked about Bitcoin, it's only about price. Well, no shit. And that's the thing is that like it's well, I mean, yeah, no shit. I mean, this is not my first rodeo, but it's like there's so many fat, there's so much fascinating nuance to this entire industry. And it just goes so far under everyone's radar. Well, that's that that's it's like, like that's why like do people need to care about that? Should people care about that? like the average person who's going to use the technology? That's the, like the main question. Should they care about the conversation we just had? No. I mean, I hope they do. Absolutely, so we get some so people not. start they should not tell their friends flying about shit the, about the conversation we just had. About the Bitcoin podcast this is the best conversation <laughs> ever. Of course you should be listening to this. Um this is what we need to do actually to get the public attention. We need to start having these conversations at strip clubs. I don't know if I could afford that. I don't I don't think I could either, which is why we use other people's money. So oh, we get okay. someone to sponsor our talks at the titty bar, and then people are like, Oh, this guy talking about Bitcoin is crazy. I never thought about that. Ain't nobody gonna pay also, attention to us with like strippers walking around. You'd be surprised, Corey. You'd be surprised. Or if you had a lot of like in-depth, like quality conversations with people while strippers are walking around? No. I've had in-depth quality conversations with the strippers while they were walking around. Everybody has their own experience at the at the titty bar. It's 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 a it's a choose your own adventure when you're at the titty bar. I'm just saying, like, we gotta go to a place where the people we gotta go to where the people are. What people are humans? What do you mean what people? A, there is <laughs> a I would I would I would venture a guess. Just a I'm gonna throw this out there. The, there is not an equal distribution of people at titty bars. That's not that is not a quality sample size of all people. You got to store on the beach somewhere, all right. <laughs> you you got to start somewhere, all right. And if it's gonna be goons, then maybe we go there, or you know maybe we uh, go to Six Flags. I don't know, but you just go where the people are and try to make the conversation interesting enough for them to pay attention. Because it's going to affect their lives, right? If, I mean, if, if what we believe becomes true, then crypto is going to touch their life tangentially. But they don't need to give a shit about proof of work. So then who should we be talking to then? Only the people that give a shit about proof of work? Well, for this conversation, yeah. Oh, okay. Like, there's, there's, more, there's more to it, right? It's like we're not, we, we haven't even touched on the types of systems or types of things you can do once you have something like this. That's like the whole point of like whether or not you can trust decentralization and what this this intermediation is or like sound money or whatever, like all those conversations lead to. Those conversations can't happen unless the people who care about proof of work are having these conversations and make sure that the whole system is built correctly. Like there, like there's a whole, there was a in years, probably decades of conversations of people talking about digital cash systems before Bitcoin. Why didn't we hear about it? Because they didn't fucking work. That's true. That's very true. That's all true. There's e-money. There was die. Uh, like, die. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of things that just happened that I never cash. even knew. Like, they, they, were, they were trying to do this stuff for a long time. It didn't get big until it worked, which then you could then start assigning value to it. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about all that. That's the only reason we know about it. It's because it works. And 
And now that it works, you can start to then have the conversations and, sh- and spread the adoption. But it doesn't work that good. <laughs> I mean, it works good enough. I mean, like, you know, I'd works- say like we're limited in the, in the audience that we reach because it only works a certain amount of, a certain amount of good, right? Because- you start calling Bitcoin old Bessie. Yeah, <laughs> no, Bessie don't work too good, but Bessie gets going when she wants to. <laughs> That's what you should say, an old Bessie. Um, see, but nobody understands that either, so they don't know Bitcoin don't work too good. Well, that's fine. Make them say whatever they want, but like we're, we're, I think we're fundamentally limited in the people we can reach because the things we try and build on top are not up to snuff. When you try to compare them to centralized solutions. Yeah. This is what we need to start. Just switching the conversations from a little bit from tech to monetary. We need to start like yesterday as a community framing our value in Satoshis or something smaller. Nobody wants to own a fraction of something. I showed someone recently. I was like, look, I just bought $5 worth of Bitcoin. Cool, right? And they were like, you bought 0.00 what? And I was like, well, I mean, yeah, it's it's math, right? So that's, <laughs> they were like, dude, I don't want to own a hundred thousandth of a thing. All right. Just you think start I doing own it in terms of, of Xboxes. Huh? Yeah. Just make it in. I was like, man, it's not, you know, it's this much percent of a PlayStation. Like, I don't want to own 10% of a PlayStation, homie. I want a whole PlayStation. So if we just switch our thoughts to like bits or Satoshis and as a community, rally around that so then when other people see it they're like oh shit five dollars gets me yeah 10, people 000. automatically they don't have that problem with gold like if you bought some gold they're not upset because you didn't buy a whole gold bar yeah but gold also also has known denominations like you can't just if you take yeah, a we nugget have, of we gold have known denominations it's just people like we, we we've assigned a number to it one so like the human comfortable number of one is the thing that's really expensive. And so they feel like, oh, I need one of something. I should, I should at least have one of something. That's, you know, $20,000 or $12,000 or whatever. And that's, yeah. that's a problem. It's a psychological thing, though. If, you, if I buy one, if I'm spending 11 point whatever thou to buy one thing, then that one thing is like, you know, I'm... It means a lot. I don't think I've ever, besides a car, I didn't pay that much for stuff. Education, yeah, but like, we should just flip it yeah, but and like, say one one dollar gets you a ton of things. We make the association of one of gold doesn't make a, doesn't make any sense. Like gold is an idea, well, it's a thing, but like owning gold is an idea. It's a commodity. It's, it's like it's. You know, Scarce lasts a long time. Whatever, whatever the value of money that people associate with gold, we don't we don't have that same ad or as easy of an association with Bitcoin. One of Bitcoin is an obvious thing, and so people go to that instead instead of instead of thinking about the idea of owning Bitcoin, regardless of how much it is. I like stacking sets. That's not. It's not bad. Off. It's not bad. I could I could go somewhere and pay in sets. I could see that conversation. No, that's not, I mean, it depends. Gold's going to need to be worth a lot more. Okay, so we did. The, I did a calculation a long time ago. I don't know years. Just try and give an idea of like if one, if 
Bitcoin, like the all of Bitcoin, was worth the entire like global GDP around there, then one Satoshi would be around half a cent to a cent, one penny. Mm -hmm. And so stacking sats makes sense in that in that type of thing because you can say like, oh, that's you know 100 sats, that's a dollar, whatever. Mm -hmm. You can start to build up that amount or denomination in your head. But that's not going to happen anytime soon or probably ever for that matter. It can happen really quick. It just won't happen in the Western nations as well, quickly. People as are constantly changing their mental model of how much a certain amount of Bitcoin is. People already live like that, though. No, you do. What do you mean? No, you maybe like, do, you, but no, no, no. I'm talking like in like Pacific Islands, where it's like ten thousand bat is a shirt, and then they the next day they go in there and it's like, oh, it's nine thousand two hundred now. That's a shirt, or yeah. You know, people already live in these large numbers. It's almost like Bitcoin forces everyone to go to what other nations have been doing naturally for a very long time. Even my father, even when he lived in Germany, he told me every month when I sat down to pay bills, I had to sit down and see how many euros was the USD. And I had to make the massive calculations one by one. And that is what it is. Like other people live like this already. yeah we did that we had to do that in brazil i basically constantly looked at the exchange rate between the dollar and uh the real because i thought in dollars but had reals and i had to make that constant mental model of how much value this thing is worth yeah people live like that every day that's just their life so if that that model goes global and then those large numbers aren't changing frequently then that's the new mental model for the world it's like okay well 5,000 sats gets me this, but that's still, that, that translation is still going to change. Like 5,000 sats in the Philippines is going to be, is going to go a lot farther than 5,000 sats in Frankfurt, Germany. You just kind of flip it. I mean, there's just, but anyways, that's, that's, that's a different conversation for a different show. Um, I do think it needs to be done, though, like as a community, we need to just say just for Bitcoin specifically, hey, guys, we're thinking in Satoshi's now. And I know we tried it before, but this might be a good time right when we've got this like financial foundation. We've got Wall Street that's been in crypto for a long time. Clearly, we've got congressmen talking about it, at least publicly start saying, OK, Satoshi's is how we're thinking about these things now. And make it a little bit romanticized. Like the Winklevoss wouldn't have, what is it? How many Bitcoin do they have? Tens of thousands, right? They would ha instead have trillions of Satoshis, right? And they can say like they're trillionaire and Satoshis. I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out there. But it yeah. does make it more accessible to the public. Maybe not, in the, maybe not in the US, maybe not in Europe, but in other places in the world. They understand that. They've been living like that for ever. So but anyway, that's that's my two cents. Sorry, it's my two Satoshis. Um Well, I guess we should wrap. It's been a lengthy episode, a boring episode for some people, exciting for other people, because proof of work and proof of stake are the leading horses in the consensus algorithm race right now. Yeah, I'm fine with wrapping. Just let audience. Uh, we'll be changing a few things over the next couple of weeks, trying to get yeah. a new feel for how we want to run things with just the two of us. So uh, give us your feedback. Let us know. Don't worry. 
the podcast isn't going anywhere. We'll continue to do the same thing we have been doing. Yeah, we're gonna make, we're gonna keep pumping out crypto content. You can expect dose of ether. You can expect just the headers. You can expect uh, everything that we do. Uh, we are, and here's most importantly, join the Slack. And if you think you can help, please reach out. If you got some ideas, reach out because this is a point in time where we're growing and uh, growing in a new direction. So, um, that's it. You got anything, Corey? No. All right. Well, shout out to Zoe Saldana, uh, Zazie Beats. Uh, play the outro. <laughs>